you have to set goals, right? Goals, targets. You have to set and understand what are the things you're trying to achieve, right? And so you can have wins along the way, but it doesn't mean that that's going to be the same win every year. If I hit certain goals or certain numbers this year that were the same ones I hit last year, I might not be happy about that, (laughs) right? Because I had different numbers, goals, targets, whatever, KPIs change for this year. So how do you define success this year, this quarter, whatever? All that goes into planning. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Autopilot Recruiting. Join over 1,200 State Farm agents in putting your recruiting on autopilot. Any successful insurance agent will tell you how important team is. Finding those rock star team members doesn't happen when left to chance. It happens through consistent recruiting. You never know when you're going to lose a team member. And the key to an incredible team is constantly searching for the best talent. Autopilot Recruiting is a continuous recruiting service where you'll be assigned a recruiter that has been trained to recruit on your behalf every business day. This recruiter will take over and revamp your career plug, send out assessments, do pre-screened phone interviews, and schedule your in-office interviews. All you need to do is to show up and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This ongoing service is extremely affordable and a no-brainer for taking your insurance agency to the next level. Listeners of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, go to autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. Again, autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. So I was at a conference this past week and it went really well. And our presentation was a new one. It was one that we haven't done before. It was inspired by, right? And then just kind of make some things around, took some feedback from others. We had moved away from a sales deck a year and a half ago or so. We don't have a sales deck that we typically use in front of people, right? When you go to conferences, they don't want to just hear a sales presentation, right? So we consulted with some people in the industry, some top marketers as well. We were really trying to position ourselves more as like the experts or thought leaders within the space. So there's kind of a format of what that presentation looks like, you know, really talking about the overarching problem as well as the overarching goals that your clients are trying to achieve that sometimes people don't think about your service as a solution to those end goals, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. they forget and that you have to say, hey, well, we're part of that solution that gets you to that end goal, don't forget. And so we had put together a thought leadership type presentation that honestly, I think did go over pretty well over the past year and a half or so. Um, but we still got some feedback of give us some hard advice of things that we can take away. The takeaways. What can I leave here with? And just whether I work with you or not, right? You are able to show that you know what you're talking about, right? So you're like interviewing, <laughs> right? And you're actually giving away, you know, yeah. some stuff, which not that we've ever been afraid of that. It's just a lot of people will come to us and say, what are the top five tax saving tips I can implement right now? And while we can do that generally, that's very open-ended. <laughs> I mean, what a lot of people don't realize is 
there's a lot of things that are very specific on your specific things that are, we got to know who you are. We got to know your business. We got to know your situation before we'd actually recommend any of them, right? It might not be appropriate for you, right? Mm -hmm. So sure, we can throw up things on the board of these are some unique tax savings things that you might not have heard about before. And so that's what we ended up doing. We actually put a good amount on the board. I kind of like the way we did it this time. It was we put generally about eight or nine slides together of some interesting. And when I say interesting, they're a little bit more unique tax saving strategies than maybe you would have heard of, right? But we put a slide first that listed all of them out. And we just said, which ones do you want to talk about? Right. Which I think really got them involved because sometimes people would say, I've already heard of that. Yeah. Right. You're like, okay, well, cool. Which one do you want to talk about? We can talk about all of them. Right. And so I thought that was good. And I still have this caveat and I actually put it on a slide. I put, I found this picture of, it's like this cartoon drawing of the cart before the horse. And I put that up there because what I always say, like what people ask about this stuff all the time, they just want to get to a tax saving strategy. What so many people forget is that normally a tax saving strategy requires money. (laughs) to save money on taxes, it means you have to be taking some money and putting it somewhere, right? It's either an expense or an investment, or I'm going to put it into this type of uh, retirement savings account, some sort of vehicle over here. But it's the movement of cash normally that gets a better tax treatment, right? So that means you have to have the cash to begin with. And so A lot of times, I just think it's cart before the horse. We have to understand how much money are you making today that makes it possible for you to take advantage of a lot of these tax savings things versus, hey, would it be better not to put this extra $20,000 into retirement to save four grand, five grand? Or what if you reinvested that back into your business and helped get a huge ROI in annuity income over the next 30 years? Everyone always wants to like jump almost to the end. The reason why we started the company, which I don't want to lose sight of and kind of why I'm up in front of you is we should strategize on the business first. Taxes come to win. Profit is almost a sure thing, a no-brainer. You got a lot left over you don't know what to do with, right? Then let's talk about that. Hey, I just started making money. I made $60,000 this year. How do I write it all off? Yeah, I mean, if you're making $25,000 profit, for the year, you don't need to be worried about tax savings strategies. You need to be worried about how do you make more pretty profit. Much, depending on what entity type you are, there pretty much is no tax on that. There is no. Everybody's yeah, got exactly. a standard deduction. So yeah. if your bottom line is $400,000 in profit, okay, now we've got actually something to do with because now we've got excess money in the business that we can either distribute and even money that's left over, like net cash left over, you've already paid your quarterly taxes and you still got cash in business now. It's like, okay, now there's actually some strategies you can pull on. Otherwise, the focus needs to be on bringing more in on the top side or managing expenses to be able to squeeze out more profit. Yeah, I agree. That makes more sense. It's almost like I've heard recently when I started doing this with some clients, I thought it was good. People go through and they'll tell you a story for about 30 minutes on something. and you eventually, well, cool story. So what's the problem we're solving again? (laughs) And and I think that that is actually a really interesting question to just be able to kind of cut down to it and say, what's the problem we're solving for? And for what you're saying is tax saving strategies 
absolutely is something to be pulling the lever on, but at a certain time. It's something to aspire to, truly, I think. Taking true advantage of all of the tax-saving strategies that are out there, which is not about cheating the IRS or anything like that. There's a bunch of very good strategies to be able to save money on tax, but it's when there's excess. That's a blanket statement, right? I mean, there's obviously some things you can do kind of from day one, just to be a good steward of your business and stuff like that. But some of the bigger ones are just, honestly, they're things to aspire to. At the end of the day, you're a business is probably, especially for the ones that we work with primarily are all generally sole owner businesses. Mm-hmm. So the profit mm-hmm. of the business is your income, right? And so when you're looking at that and saying, okay, well, that income is truly what I use to pay for my life and my family's life. This whole idea of just taking all that and trying to save tax means that you're making it unavailable. Typically, Mm -hmm. you can't just have both of I still have all the cash available to me and I don't have you know any taxes. (laughs) Right. Those things just don't come generally hand in hand. So it's, hey, you can work towards reducing your tax liability, but you still need to have a certain amount of cash to live off of or else would you do it for? So I think a lot of people forget about that. It's a little bit of cart before the horse sometimes. But that being said, it is a way for us to still kind of show people we know what we're talking about. If you want the zingers, we've got them. But let's remember that it doesn't always start there, right? For people that either are our clients or are about to be our clients, it doesn't mean we're implementing all of those year one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's a advisory strategy, strategic relationship of, okay, let's see the picture. Let's understand where you are. Let's understand the cash that's available. Let's understand what your goals are before we say, yeah, we're going to implement this strategy or help you implement this strategy for your business. I think what I said is which I think a lot of people do. Having a relationship with a CPA or like a really good CPA is not like finding the ones that know about hidden checkboxes in the tax software Mm. where, oh man, if you just check this box, I think you save $10,000. It's like, that's not how it works. There's not just hidden check boxes out there that some people know about and others don't. Yeah. I think that, how often do you see that though, where somebody is focusing on the wrong thing? Yeah. I mean, okay, we can have that discussion, but it's just not even the right time. I mean, is that something that you and the team see pretty often? How common is that? Very. Yeah. Sometimes can plague a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs that they tend to be very front run focused, very sales focused. And so in our industry, we're primarily in insurance. They'll talk about book sizes a lot. It does give a good reference as to like how large book of business that they manage and sell into and have built. And I guess across a lot of agents, it's helpful to understand, right? To kind of compare. But from our vantage point, it doesn't mean a lot. It could be very different. Just example, right? I mean, you know this, but for those listening, right? A $10 million book of business would mean there's $10 million of premium running through an agency, right? That they've either helped build or a combination of built and inherited or bought. Mm-hmm. Or, and on average, agents make roughly 10%. So we look at that and say, okay, so this business is probably generating about a million a year in, in revenue, right? Yep. But that in and of itself is, the number one thing I think about right away is like, okay, you have a X million dollar book of business. Cool. What's the revenue? Right. Like, what are we talking about here? 10 million sounds great, like really big, right? 
but it's much different than what's the top line revenue for you. And to be honest, a lot of agents don't know right away. And so it can vary, right? It's not just inherently 10% because there's bonuses and there's kind of like variable compensation that carriers will give based on, you know, different sales metrics or things that they're pushing and stuff like that. So it can vary. One person's $10 million book of business could generate a different amount than somebody else's based on what they did in the previous year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I do get that they'll use that sometimes just to say how big their agency is. But for me and for our team, we just see it way too much as that's the number they know, not the rest of them. It's almost like a realtor saying, I sold $450 million worth of houses. That would be a lot. But I sold, a, you know, I sold $100 million or whatever. I can't come up with a number off the top of my 50 million. That's still probably a lot. Of, anyway, of houses versus like, great. Well, what is your business? Your- well, I do that with businesses actually a lot. So I thought about this because I have a friend that owns a brokerage and, and he posted something similar to that recently. Did their 2022 in review or something like that. Maybe it's just me, but I'm the numbers person. I'm the one that is really thinking about the business, right? And I think about what does it mean for you? And the $10 million book of business or $50 million in houses is, okay, that's one number. But my immediate thought goes to, okay, what's the revenue and the profit on that? It's just where my head goes. How much money are you making? Because that's what matters at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So in that example, I'm like, okay, $50 million in houses. The average is probably three. I don't know. What are they bringing? 3% of that? Because they're not getting both sides of it. So yeah. Right. They're not getting both sides. And they probably do some deals. Like, is it 3%? Is it 4%? Is it two and a half? So all of a sudden you get back into a $15 million business, which still, that would be a great business. And then I'm like, man, I wonder what their profit margins are. I always do that just because, I mean, that's how I'm wired. But that's what we try and help our clients do a lot of times too. It's like, hey, a lot of times you come to us and you focus on a certain amount of KPIs that you've been looking at that are really front run focused. So we try and help implement like, okay, well, you're going to start working with us. Here's a new set of KPIs. I want you focused on your business from the numbers, right? You know, and think Shark Tank, right? I mean, if you're going to go in Shark Tank and they're going to ask you and drill you about your business, it's all the numbers. It's not just sales and customer acquisition. It's how does that impact the bottom line? Yeah. Also to Micah, I was thinking I've got a client that is in exteriors. So he does windows and doors and he'll sell a deal and it'd be a $30,000 sale, $30,000 sale. Well, that's huge. Yeah. But his gross profit on he's making 30%. So he's making 9,000. If he makes 40% on that $30,000 deal, what is 30,000 times 40%? His gross profit is 12,000. Right. Okay. That's great. But then he's still got to pay his project management. He's still got all the overhead expenses that got to come from that. And I think that's kind of an example of what you're talking about is that, look, having a $10 million book is, is certainly a good thing. But at the end of the day, what does that lead to to revenue? And then ultimately, what does it lead to in terms of profit? And I want to go back to something you said earlier, because I've actually never heard you say that. And I think that, or say this, and I think it was pretty important, is you said, actually having a tax problem is something to aspire to. It's aspirational. I think people are going to listen to that and go, I'd never thought of it that way. But at the end of the day, if you look and you're like, Okay. And I'm talking about, we would obviously have to give the idea that yes, utilize all the tax strategies you can to minimize the tax. Get that. But at the end of the day, if you are making more money every year and the tax bill is going higher every year, 
And we're not talking about political changes in Washington that they make that you're having to pay more in taxes. We're talking about all of the things being equal. That is a good thing. At the end of the day, that is a good thing. Yes, do the things you need to do. And so somebody who has a tax bill and they say, man, I have to pay a million dollars a year in taxes. You're like, what are you knocking down? Your income is really high. Like, good for exactly. you. Right? Yeah, now, exactly. And then the follow-up is, okay, let's see if you're maximizing all of your taxes. Of course. Right. But the first thought is, nice. Right. For sure. Good problem to have. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. I think I've said this on the podcast before. You remember we, me showing you this, telling you that song that's by 2 Chains, And 2 Chains is talking about his conversation he had with Diddy. Have I told you this? I'm vaguely remembering it. I'm forgetting the punchline. It's a song on an older album from years ago. And I think it's called Sam. So somebody look this up. Okay. And at the end, he says, yeah, I was having a conversation with Diddy. And he's like, I had to pay $2 million in taxes. And he said, Diddy was like, yeah, I had to pay 102 But I gave him a couple extra just to be sure. And then he goes on and goes, that's when I realized I needed to level up or something to that effect. People can get the idea. But he was just like, man, I had to pay X amount in taxes. And Diddy was 50 times that. And he was just like, oh, okay. That's another level. level for sure. Different I mean, level. I mean, if you get to where it's like, I'm paying in taxes what somebody else's revenue is, that's a different, right. and that, it's not about comparison game, but I'm just saying that's a different perspective to look well, at. I'm not trying to have this be, I'm not our CPA and I'm not a CPA. So for, for anyone, but one of the ones that we can work with sometimes and that can be very beneficial is when, especially when you're a sole owner, if your spouse is added to payroll for legitimate reason that they're helping do something at the agency, whatever that may be. But there's the ability to then immediately defer with the idea of you can add them to payroll to then defer 100% of their salary into a 401k. And you're making that a full write-off to your Mm -hmm. business, right? And so without getting into the exact specifics of it, there's abilities to even go beyond what is a typical max, right? So even if you start thinking of 22000 or upwards of $40,000 that you could do that to, fantastic tax savings that that can have. But yeah. at the same time, you have to be able to say like, yeah, I don't need that 40000 right? So someone needs to be able to say, yeah, we have in excess, we're okay putting another 40000 that's untouched for the next 40 years, 30 years, whatever that you know, time frame is, into a 401k. Sometimes where people kind of, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to implement this today. That's great. And if you can go for it, but you need to understand where you're at from your personal financials to determine how much of that strategy you can swing, or if that's something you're aspiring to. Have you ever thought, wouldn't it be incredible if you had direct access to our expert podcast guest in real time and be able to ask a question specific to your business? Well, now you have the opportunity to do that. After three and a half years, we're finally launching a leadership podcast community, and we want you to be a part of it. We're launching this podcast community on June the 1st. Go to club.capital forward slash podcast, and you'll get all the details. You'll be able to interact with every single one of the podcasts that we record in real time and ask us questions and be able to ask the guest questions. In addition to that, we're going to have a monthly exclusive Q&A just for our leadership podcast listeners. Go to club dot capital forward slash podcast. That's club dot capital forward slash podcast and be one of the very first to join. I can't wait to see you in our leadership podcast community. Before we 
hit record you and i were chatting so micah got to fly down to huntsville hunts vegas and we went out on a good dinner do you enjoy cotton row i did yeah that was really good i'm glad i that you at least brought us downtown huntsville just so i got to at least go into that area but i wish i got to see it a little bit more you saw the big rocket yes which actually we went there the next night the event that i was down there for you actually rented out the space and rocket center and so we had dinner under the rocket inside which is really mm-hmm. cool yeah that's cool so Micah was down for in-person uh, event. So I got a question. What was the big takeaway from you that you think would land with the audience on the, you're here for three days or so, other about how wonderful Huntsville is? Actually, it's terrible. Don't move here. It's terrible. No, our listening audience is not going to move. They might not be moving there, but I know why you want to say that. Having it be less populated, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was actually really funny. I pulled. So I'm from D.C., for those that don't know. And so this is behind me. Uh, here's Bethesda, so just north of D.C. Bethesda is very much known for, or not Bethesda, but the D.C. area, Northern Virginia area is known for its horrendous traffic, just generally. 495 is the Beltway, and it's just horrendous. And technically, I have to take that to get home to and from the office, but I always just take back roads because it's much saner than getting on the Beltway. I get there, and I get picked up by an Uber to go to the hotel, and it's like a 10-minute ride. And we're driving. A very sweet lady picked me up, and she starts talking like, "Oh, she," I was saying like, "Oh man, here comes the traffic." And <laughs> I just looked around. Was like, "There's no traffic here." <laughs> yeah. This looks, looks like God's country. Fields and green grass and everything everywhere. I'm like, "Yeah, it was like a bigger highway." We we're still doing like seventy. <laughs> well, like, yeah, there's no traffic here. But yeah, it was really nice. I looked it up. But yeah, it was my first time there. And it was really nice. We went to the lake one of the days. Lake Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really nice. Well, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect it to be as hilly. It's interesting. If you drive more west where I grew up, it's not because the further to the east that you go, you get into the bottom part of the Appalachian, which is, of course, depending on where people are listening to this. I mean, if you're in Seattle, I mean, our mountains are nothing for you or Colorado or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I was just expecting more flat farmland. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see people's uh, view great. of things whenever you get used to it. So I was out there for a coaching event. Craig Wiggins coaching uh, his inner circle group was meeting. It's like an annual session that they have. And honestly, it was the first time I'd been, we've gone to a couple events of his and, and they just do his group, Craig Wiggins, they just do an incredible job at their events across the, the country. Um, they do a couple events a year and we've worked with and sponsored those events um, for the past couple mm-hmm. of years and have created just a really good relationship with them. And really just, we do two very different things where they really come from, I would say more kind of front of the office, but sales and marketing focused, certainly operational as well, but just do a lot of coaching and consulting with people that have been agents and and have run offices and, and large offices across the country. And so they can help, you know, really firsthand and be a coach for agents. And so they have, it's like an on-demand side of their platform, which is really cool. And then they do coaching as well. So like one-on-one coaching. And then Craig, mm-hmm. this specifically Craig, Craig's inner circle event. So everybody that meets with him, I think on a monthly basis, and this was an event to get together. We've just had a good relationship ever since we got to know them. Just really, our missions are very aligned, trying to help agents achieve their full potential 
And what was really interesting for me this week is seeing the relationships that Craig and his team have been able to build. They do a really good job at not just focusing on business, but really making it about the personal. And that's really what this trip was about and breaking down some of your, so many of us work really hard, right? And we work really hard. We're kind of at the office in front of the computer, trying to achieve the things we want to achieve. And a lot of the things in business are about getting outside of your comfort zone. And I think just Craig and his team do a good job of reminding people, why are they doing that? A lot of times to also be better and achieve the things you want in your personal life. And so don't forget about that. And don't forget to get outside of your comfort zone personally as well, because they go hand in hand. A lot of times you can't just be one way in business and totally shut it off later. And you know, don't forget why you're doing this. And so there was a lot of just kind of fun personal things and personal like kind of challenges and things that he was doing this week. So that was really cool to see. It's something I haven't seen. And we work with a number of different really good coaches and that type of the, like the bringing the personal into it was something I hadn't seen really before. And, and I thought that was really cool. And it was obvious how much people really enjoyed that aspect to it. Well, I think maybe, I don't know, but I mean, if you work for a large company, you're able to take off the hat of put on the hat of being an employee. And, and then when you're at home, being a mother, being a father, being a friend, but I think in small business and entrepreneurship, you're just one person. It's not like there's the business side and then there's this side. It encompasses every aspect of your life. And I think that it's super easy to get myopic view about things just from the perspective of, honestly, I'm not going to think about it, just even financials. It's like, okay, sales, I get that. And then I can look at financials, but you can even just myopically view it about that versus how am I doing personally? And am I satisfied in what I do on a day-to-day basis? And why am I even doing all this? You know, it's like, I'm busting my tail. Why am I doing this? Like, what's the purpose? Okay, you want to be able to provide for your family. You want to provide for this. Yeah, but what am I trying to do and accomplish in my life? And how is this? I think about the business as like a conduit to all the things that you want to be able to accomplish. I do. I personally get a lot of fulfillment out of business. I do. I enjoy it. I think it's redirecting the competitive athletic things from when I was younger into the challenge of business. And I've heard a business considered like it's the game. Have you ever heard this quote? And I'm going to butcher it, but I think I'll get you'll get the gist of it. The person who enjoys walking will walk further than the person going to a destination. And yeah, I just enjoy playing the game of business. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Now, I think that there's a place where you do set milestones, three-year vision, one-year objectives and key results. What are we trying to do the next 90 days? Like, yeah, I think that those are like the mile markers along the way. And I think that that's important for sure. It's been important for my own journey. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep playing. Did well, you ever that's just the training? strategy in playing the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So a lot of people try and play the game without any strategy, right? And they're wondering why they're not winning, right? Right. Because a lot of of other people are like (laughs) strategizing about how to to win. That's true. But then there's this other thing of where the point is almost not even to win. You don't actually win at business. You win by just staying in business. What I mean is it goes back to the Infinite Games by Simon Sinek. Have you read that? There's infinite and finite games. In the Vietnam War, the U.S. was trying to win that war where Vietnam, Vietnamese people were just trying to stay in the war. And so they were always going to win because they were playing an infinite game and we were playing a finite game with infinite rules. Well, the point isn't to 
win at being a parent, it's to continue to be a good parent, that kind of thing, right? It's to survive, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I was thinking about you with the baby at home. Yeah, but I, like, I think it's something in business. What does that even mean to win at business based on whose rules? Your right. own. So what you would consider winning at business may be different than the, what I consider winning at business and versus somebody else's. So anyway, I don't know. I've thought about that quite a bit recently. Now, that said, though, at the end of the day, I do get all these micro wins. I do. So I'm not saying that you don't win at all. If you have a really good conversation, you land a deal, you land a client, you make a big sale, achieve something, those are wins along the way. Yes. But it doesn't mean that somebody has crowned you winner of business for 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? No, it's a good point though. I mean, the way, and you've talked about this, especially through your coaching business, but you have to set goals, right? Goals, targets, you have to set and understand what are the things you're trying to achieve, right? And so you can have wins along the way, but it doesn't mean that that's going to be the same win every year. If I hit certain goals or certain numbers this year that were the same ones I hit last year, I might not be happy about that, <laughs> right? Because right? Yeah. I had different numbers, goals, targets, whatever, KPIs change for this year. So how do you define success this year, this quarter? whatever, all that goes into planning, right? To a different degree, I'll spin that. You can win, but it's subjective, I think, to the things you're going after. It's about the things and metrics you put in place for what you want to achieve, right? What are you looking to achieve? And let's celebrate those wins as we get there, right? Or strategize on how to get there. But yeah, there's no one ultimate winner besides getting to some sort of multiple sale on your business, maybe. But you know uh, what? That last part is so important. I have been... I'm not anymore, but I was for a long time. Asking that question, what do you want to achieve? I was very surprised at how many people could not answer that question. That's normally the answer, but still don't know how to say more what. They're like more revenue, make more money, write more business, have more wins. And that to me is where I love the, I don't know if it's a quote, uh, it's more of a maxim than it is anything generalizations kill clarity. I think it's just nobody hasn't taken the time to say, what do you want? Because it's almost like if you do that and you put it out there, now you've almost got to hold yourself accountable to making that happen. And I mean, my goodness gracious, we've smashed some numbers and we've fallen short of some numbers. And it doesn't mean one way or the other, well, we won or we lost, but it's like, okay, well, how are we learning along the way? So I don't know. I think that there's a good challenge for people out there to really consider what do you really want? What do you really want? And have you taken the time to write that down? Have I ever shown you the habit app that I have? No, but it's like helping just establish like you want to do those things every day type of thing. Yeah, it's like my five daily non-negotiables and I won't go through all of them. That's not for the purpose of this. I'll do it another time. But one of them on there every day I want to review my 10x vision map. Now, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. But ultimately, that is all the stuff that I have in Notion of what it is I want out of my life. Okay, so it encompasses all the businesses, it encompasses family, it encompasses friendships, it encompasses my personal finances, encompasses things like faith, et cetera. It's all of those things. And that sucker is pretty long at this point because I started to get out of my head what I wanted and I allowed myself to like get it down. And then I was like, okay, well, that's good. Because if I get it down once, fine. But if I don't ever look at it, and you can see I actually have not looked at it yet today, 
So I'm going to look at it after this, but it has been so helpful because it's made me say, you know what, do I really want that? I mean, do I really, really want that? Is that really what I want to accomplish? Or is that really what I want to do? And I've made some adjustments along the way and say, you know what, that's actually not important to me anymore. It was, now it's not. To kind of wrap this up, I think we got here because a lot of people start identifying, oh, I want to learn how to do this, right? And they're not wrong. But a lot of times what we find is that there might not be a full teased out plan or strategy in place for what are we actually trying to achieve? And so a lot of times, even though technically our firm isn't fully on the business coaching side, we end up having a lot of those types of conversations that a lot of, I think, business coaching firms have trying to tease that out so that we can understand what are the targets that we can help you achieve so that we can actually help you actually say yes or no, which is good. You at least have some sort of starting point. But is that a wrap for today? That was a wrap.